welcome to you and thank you so very much for being with us. It's time for Three Guys Before the Game and episode number 219. I think this is the first time I've ever said this. I think we've got a dandy for you. I was just going to say, open this, use the stew line, yeah. bring the stew line back. Yeah, I got a good one got for you. Got you a good one. I got you a good one. I got you a good one. Episode 219 of Three Guys Before the Game with Owen Schmidt is brought to you by Burdett Camping Center, the only RV warranty forever provider in the entire state of West Virginia. You heard what I said correctly. You buy an RV from them, and as long as you own it, the warranty is forever. That's a long time. Serving Mountaineer fans from Weirton to Welch, Martinsburg to Matewan, all points in between. More than 40 years for Deck Camping Center located in Winfield. Your one place you need to go for RVs, parts, service, sales, name it. They've got it. Visit them on their extremely friendly website, BurdettCamping.com. You know, if we had one guest through the history of these 218 previous episodes, yeah. one guest that you said, you know what, go down to Burdett Camping Center, get an RV. You're going to drive cross country, and we're going to make a reality show out of it. I think our next guest is at the top of the list, and there might not be a two. No, I think so. Yeah, is that a fair statement? And he could drive it, and if it gets a flat tire, he fix could, it. He could carry pick, it. He could pick it up. <laughs> he could pick it up while you put the next tire on. I think that Burdett Camping Center, the only warranty forever RD, RV dealer in West Virginia, corner of Route 34, 817 in Winfield. Visit them BurdettCamping.com, ladies and gentlemen. Please welcome to the program. The one and only, the inimitable, the lovable, kind of a big teddy bear, Owen Schmidt. Schmidt, thanks so much for being with us, big boy. Hey, appreciate you having me, brother. It's an honor for us to have you on here. An honor for us. Uh, a while back, we did the look back at the Fiesta Bowl game, and that game was televised, and we did an interview with you during that time. And I didn't realize until then that you have located yourself into Beckley and you're based out of Beckley, West Virginia right now. So walk us through, dude, what's going on in your world? Well, um, basically, uh, down here for a job, uh, with UPS took a promotion back in October into September, uh, started with them last, uh, May drove in Cumberland, Maryland, and then this opportunity arose and and uh and jumped on it so i've now loc located myself in the bible belt down here in beautiful southern west virginia how many um how many brown pairs of pants do you have in, a, in your closet at home like you wear a lot of brown now i do wear a lot of brown uh i probably have you know probably five pairs a lot of brown how about shorts yeah. though? Do you go shorts versus oh, he, pants? You, you seem like a shorts, shorts guy. guy. Yeah. Right now I'm rocking the I'm rocking the seven inch uh, <laughs> from the knee. You know the old like eighties like Excellent. coaching shorts. Excellent. <laughs> Gave you seven inch. What's the? Uh, hey, I I worked for those thighs. You know what I mean? I want people to see that VMO. You know. What I'm Absolutely. Saying? Totally get it. Absolutely. Um, what's the footwear? recommendation from ups what do they tell you guys you need to what how do you wear that i mean i just wearing like an open face cleat are you no 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 it's black or brown polishable leather you know uh pretty pretty standard issue work work boot yeah. or uh or shoe 
uh, as long as it's polishable leather and sturdy upper leathers. I love that. I've never heard that before, polishable leather. See, that takes away yep. suede's. Right, that takes away a lot of things. They want these guys with a polishable leather. Got to have your shoes looking they, sharp. They want to look sharp. You yeah. know what I mean? It's all about excellence. Yeah. So your new gig is you're kind of a narc, right? For like bad UPS drivers, like you go after them. <laughs> I'm kind of a narc. Uh, I am a uh, upholder of the rules. What does that mean? That means I'm a reminder uh, of what they are. How do you do that? I mean, what do you do? Do you ever have you just, just a friendly, you know, you might drive by and you, you know, you see somebody not quite following the methods and uh, you give them a pep talk. What's the biggest violation out there among UPS drivers that you have to correct? I'd probably say not using three points of contact while getting on and off the vehicle. Three points of contact. So that's like two hands and a foot. That's your three. Well, two, two, two feet in the hand. <laughs> Have you, you know, <laughs> that's getting out of the vehicle. You're supposed to put two feet down, hold on to, hold on to a hand thing. And then in the yeah, they'll have a, yeah, you have a handrail. It's, it's to prevent slips and falls. Yeah. Um, have you ever hidden behind a tree, either the vehicle you're in looking at these guys? What's the most, um, stealth oh, you've man. gone? Now that seems extreme. Oh, that seems extreme. It's a fair question. I mean, he doesn't seem like a stealth it's, guy. It does seem extreme, but I mean, quite honestly, um, a very good service provider will be able to do everything correctly. Um, if, if, you know, you are holding yourself accountable, uh, but there's a lot of rules where it leads to guys making mistakes just based off of not being consistent. Yeah. I'll be honest with you. I've never had a bad UPS driver. From as, no. as young as I can remember, I have never had an attitude. A bad, I, I've always felt that their attitudes have always been, and I'm being serious, they've always been good guys. Well, Owen, you probably don't get there. I mean, they can be selective in their hiring. You probably don't get there if you're in, if you're not good. Yeah, they're very selective in their hiring. It you, It's a little bit different now because they've just seen such an influx of volume of packages, especially now yeah. with uh, COVID going on. So you're starting to see newer employees get jobs quicker, especially yeah. driving jobs, just because of, you know, we've had to put on more routes, so we've needed more drivers. But, yes, definitely UPS was the company that was, you know, you're going to go through the, you're going to learn the company traditions, uh, you're going to learn how things are run, and then, you know, through, um, you know, just through performance and safety and and uh kind of all that stuff is how you kind of go up through the ranks yeah and if they jack around then you just they just put them in a room with you and you just you use like headbutt them probably like he used to do with his with those helmets he smashes helmet yeah i mean he just gets I, those guys or bridge of the nose just. it's kind of like you know what happens in that room stays in that room kind of deal <laughs> I'm all for that. What do you think, Senator? I don't sure. I mean, I, yeah. Hey, do you, have you gone back and watched the video of that you headbutt in the helmet? Uh, which one? The the one from WVU? Yeah, yes. the blood the blood one. Oh, the blood one from Seattle. Yeah. Uh absolutely. I mean, I get sent that probably 
probably once a month just from somebody who's having a bad day or just needs a laugh and just is like, what were you thinking? Yeah. How about the WV one? The WVU one, um, I always get that one. It's like, remember that time you smashed your head? And, uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just like, what were you thinking? I was like, I don't know, man. I punted the ball nine yards. I was upset. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you on that. I think that you are one of the greatest stories in Mountaineer football history. Straight up. It was a definite journey, uh, that's for sure. Straight up. What division is that in Wisconsin? Is that five or six? Oh, gee, come on, man. All right, was it, it three? It goes as low as division three. Oh, really? Is that what it is? Okay. But yeah, see, here's the good thing. good football, though. Yeah, and, and that's, not, that's not his. He just flat overlooked. I mean, his coaches miss all the time in recruiting. That, that onus should fall on coaches across the country that they missed. People miss all the time. That's fine. I don't disagree with you. My point of it is this. You are one of the greatest stories in the history of Mountaineer football. Here's a guy who's overlooked. D3 guy comes here, has to sell yourself on a cold winter day to get a chance. And then it'd be one story if, you know, they got this kid from Wisconsin and he came in D3 and he was a pretty good, you know, had what? four he, nice blocks, yeah. ran for one touchdown no, inside no, no, the two. Not even that. He got on a couple special teams. You know, he, he made it to a couple special teams. That would be like, a, that would be a really good story. But instead, you became the face, no pun intended, of a program in a golden era. And the way that you played basically became the iconic mark of the entire program. So that's why I think, and, I, and I'm open for, discussions with other stories people can pitch me hey what about this guy what about that guy i'm totally open for those discussions but in in, in my mind you're one of the all-time dandies of a great story which i want to kind of peel back the lid on in well, high I in high let me ask you this in high school here's here's what i always find amazing owen in high school did you truck people were there people during your high school days that said you're going to play college football at a high level or was that just never even as part of the conversation um i definitely trucked people for sure yeah um, that was like you know the only move i really enjoyed i think that was what was so enjoyable about being able to run the ball was the physicality you could bring from the offensive side uh, kind of tying in like the physicality of a, like a defensive player. Um, but as far as college ball goes, I didn't, you know, maybe a talk here and there, but it just, in Northern Virginia, it was so competitive. And, you know, at the time, I want to say Maryland had just won uh, like an ACC championship. Virginia Tech was doing very well. Um, and I had applied to those schools, but basically didn't see, you know, very, like no interest really. It was kind of one of those things where, Hey man, we got enough white running backs, um, type deals, uh, I guess insinuating that like, you know, we got a fullback. We, we don't really need any one of your skill set, I guess, um, per se, mm -hmm. but, uh, no, I mean, in my mind, you know, I wanted to, I just wanted to play. It didn't matter what division it was. 
I just wanted to keep playing because I really loved it and it was something that I enjoyed um, and made me feel, you know, good inside. So do you think it was more so the position then you played than their inability to recognize your ability to play the game? I definitely think I would I pigeonholed myself with I guess calling myself a fullback. Um, but then there's times and not trying to toot my own horn or just say I was better than I was, but I thought at times I was very underutilized for my skill set. So at times, you know, you could argue or, or not argue that maybe I wasn't as good as I was or good as I should have been um, based on just, you know, scheme and, and style of play. Hmm. Interesting. So, Owen, when fast forward then, when was the moment when you said to yourself, okay, I can play at a higher level than this? After the season, during the season, how did that conversation internally come about? Well, uh, really, let's go back to training. I was training going into my senior year with a bunch of guys who had like Division One offers. Um, and it was the first time I really had a trainer and really responded well to the training and then going into my senior year I just killed it well at that time it was kind of almost too late for me and didn't really have somebody really going out there and kind of helping me understand how the recruiting process went Mm -hmm. um and we didn't have I mean huddle was a very it wasn't very mainstream as it is now uh which is a great tool for players to be able to you know, what I mean, showcase their abilities and send it to multiple, multiple schools um, to try to get at least looks. Um, but that being said, played that year and then ended up going to got that trainer again, played the year in Division three. And then I was just like, man, you know, I was like as big as the seniors when I went to Division three. I was yeah. super in shape. I was ready to play. Um, and I just just got my confidence you yeah know, i really built up a lot of confidence and then at the end of the year just basically straight up went up to my coach john o'grady who's a great guy great coach and was just like you know i really feel like i want i i feel like i i for myself i need to try to see if i can play at another level um and he completely supported me, just said, hey, make sure you talk good about River Falls. And I said, absolutely, I will. I was like, this place has been, this is where, this is where it's began. So um, just made a highlight tape out of, you know, VHS and, and drove up and down the East Coast. And, and West Virginia was really the only school that just said, hey, we'll get you in the school. You know, I mean, you can be a walk, preferred walk-on and, uh you know, it's up to you to, to show us what you can do. Right. So. so in my head, the story that I've heard through the years of when you made your visit here, this is the story in my head. Now, I want you, I want the truth here. So it's a snowy day and you walk in, you bang on the windows. To, well, back then in those days, actually, the, the door opened at the facilities building. Yeah, there was no lock. There was no lock back then. There was no eye scan and fingerprint <laughs> no, biometrics. You, you, just, you can just go in. You say, just hi. Hi, Lori. Coming in. Kim Good and to see you. Kim yeah. and Lori would be up front sure. there. So, so you yep. open up the door and Kim and Lori are, are, are there. Donnie Young's in the back office there behind to the left. What was Who were you with and what was the pitch and what did you do on that first touch that you guys made at WVU? 
literally walked in i saw mark magro and i was like oh my gosh what a man beast <laughs> i was like and then i was like kind of rethinking like dude am i even big enough to play your <laughs> when you go somewhere you're like everybody plays your position yeah. that's just in your head that's what you're thinking and i saw mark and i was just like dude this guy's a beast like you know maybe i should be rethinking this and then got a hold of Donnie. He came out, grabbed the film, and then it was like, it was just like, hey, I'm Owen. He's like, hey, I'm Donnie. And then it was like, that was it. And then we left, and my mom and I just basically kind of makeshift toured to campus and then left. <laughs> and uh, I was like, man, this is so cool. I really love the kind of the atmosphere and, and, uh, just how Morgantown is. It's, it's a charming little spot. You know what I mean? So, um, was really hoping for a call and, uh, ended up getting, I believe an email saying that they could help me out. And, uh, then the, the rest kind of unfolded. So they, but it was a tough, it was a struggle the first year. You know what I mean? Okay. Yeah. Let's get in here now. So that, number one, I find it funny that, they didn't even have like a GA show you around. That was that was number one. Number two, because they didn't know. They hadn't looked at the tape yet. Um, no, no. Number two, it was an email, which I find kind of interesting. So they say, come on in. So you go, okay, I'm in. Cool. Um, how many other schools do you think you dropped tapes off to or sent tapes to? Oh, probably, probably 10 schools. Wow. I did some you know, Shippensburg, Slippery Rock. I think I sent one to Georgia Southern, Virginia Tech. I did uh, JMU, Holy um, Maryland. I, I revisited them um, and a few others here and there. So uh, this, slip, this wasn't slip, like a power five tour for you. Slippery Rock doesn't contact you. They did, but it was after West Virginia okay. had already gotten a hold of me. Okay. So it was kind of like, you know, I'm going to make the. I'm going to try the, the the hardest, you know, I don't yeah. go to division one. I'll, I'll see how that is. And then just unfold as it goes. Yeah. I uh, didn't really have a backup plan. It was just like, Hey, you're making it and you got to make it. Those, that's are, the the those are the best kind. Way. That's those the best, are the best kind. Yeah. When you don't have you something to fall back on, it's you good. can't, you can't, yeah, you, you can't go backwards when you, so you enroll and it is second semester when you enroll winter or did you start in the fall? Nope. Like got there in the summer and started in the fall. Okay. Did you have any oh my moments when you got in that weight room for the first time or did you go like, okay. Or did you go straight to Magro and say, all right, let's go. Let's line up right now. Yeah, Bull in the China shop. Here we go, baby. <laughs> um, I was in pretty good shape. Um, I was taking it serious. Um, there was like eight other fullbacks <laughs> that walked on at the same time when I did. So I was like, holy shit, there's a lot of competition, but <laughs> That first day we put pads on, man, it was all about falling out, dude. It was all, they were just going to run, run your butt off, make you work. And basically the guys who survived that first day, I mean, I think four guys quit, uh, after the first day. So they kind of cleaned them out. And then there was a couple guys, uh, Zach Allman was one of them, Cody Tominak, uh, and I know Andrew Starsick, and then it was like myself. We were all the fullbacks kind of there at the time. And then just kind of by, you know, 
and West Virginia didn't really even run a fullback. You know, we had Mo Fufana who was there, yeah. but then it kind of evolved into the two running back deals and the split look with one of the guys being a bigger running back. And then really, you know, I was just – I was basically the biggest a-hole I could be in practice. What do you mean by that? Who I wasn't going to play. Like what, like a heat-seeking uh, missile a-hole or just demeanor? Yeah, I was like, dude – I was basically like, you guys all have scholarships. I don't. I want one. Um, I remember going against Jay Henry in practice and like on special teams. And I was like, block. I I was like my goal. I'm going to block one punt of practice. And like, he was like, hey, man, don't go so hard. And I just remember being like, man, I'm sorry, dude. But like, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to make you look bad. You plowed like, him? I just, you plowed him? Yeah, you know, I would run him over. I would do whatever I had to do. You know what I mean? Get through, play games. Just I had to, in my mind, if the coach didn't see me do something good every day, whether it be in the weight room or on the practice field, I felt like I wasn't doing myself justice or giving myself the best chance I could. Which is probably so. exactly what happened, Owen, right? I mean, that's very self-aware. That's probably exactly the conversation the coaches had when they went back in and reviewed film after the day. They said, oh, look at this dude. There he is again. Yeah, just tried to show up on film daily and uh, and be smart about it. And I knew that um, really working in the weight room would help because Mike was just so involved with the coaching system. And that was very uh, evident from day one. So I just knew if I could get in his group, which was the good lifting group, you know what I mean? Uh, and and really start showing up on film and showing I could hold my own. I could learn plays. You know, was quick to learn. Obviously, was obedient um, and just had sheer toughness and tenacity. Uh, was hoping you know that stuff would get the notice. So Calvin McGee is your position coach back then. Yes, sir. And Rich and you got Trick. Rick Trickett's coaching the offensive line. You got Rich. Yeah. Uh, Rich uh, so I would think doing a little just number one, I think you were extremely successful because you read the room like you immediately focused that Mike Joseph had the direct line of communication to those guys and says, this kid here is crushing it in the weight room. So you get that. Barros. Did you say Joseph? I'm, did I say Joseph? Yeah. I'm sorry. Mike Barros. Excuse me. Yeah, Barbara, my bad. Yeah. Uh, wrong Mike. Um, and so that you play right into that. So then you go out there on the field. And at that time, those practices were almost circus-like in the energy that's out there, right? You got Oh man, it you, was it, it was a completely different culture because I wasn't used to like a no huddle deal. Yeah. So this thing, so practices were fast and furious, and it was a whole different style that I kind of had to get on board with, but I enjoyed it. It made practices go fast. You learned a ton. You got great conditioning in um, and really played to our benefit as far as game days are concerned. So you're a little off center. and You mean that in the nicest way possible. In a, in a, in a nice way. You have to be to mm -hmm. be successful at this game. So that's why I think like Rich and you must have had like this immediate, like he's a little bit, when he cranked up out there and you're a little bit, I, that's probably like a marriage made in heaven, wasn't it? Um, we never, Rich and I never really like sat down and like talked a bunch, but I think we had a mutual respect because uh -huh. 
I just would do, you know, I, like I said, obedient or whatever you want to say, I, I call it more respect. He's my coach. He'd give me the uh, instruction. I follow the instruction and do it with the utmost intensity and, and efficiency. Yeah, see, that's what I meant. I meant like... That's a great way to say it. Yeah, I think it is because what Rich wanted from his players is the way that you played the game. Yes. Everything he was about was stick your face in the fan, play like your hair is on fire. And do what I tell you. Do what I tell you. That all is like ding, 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 check, check, check. So you made him change from that to... In essence, you you forced a change for them to use it. We gotta get this guy. Okay, there, let, uh, Owen. Let's dive into that for a minute because that that's what's fascinating to me is, and I've always said that about Rich. That's one of the reasons I think he was such a great coach. He evolved so much with the offense, not just here at West Virginia, right. but over time. But certainly in those years when you were here, the 05, 06, 07, with the dual quarterbacks to start, and then obviously seeing you, he had to hold on. What do we, what do we have here? Because there was a lot of weapons. You didn't have to use Owen Schmidt as a runner, but that became such a potent weapon. Walk us through when you felt that shift start to occur. Well, in spring, when I finally got a chance to get on the field a little bit and earn some respect um, from players, we already kind of knew it was going to be a battle for me just doing the scout team stuff. But when I really started to get to bang heads, I think a lot of the guys – you know, I earned a lot of their respect. Um, and then as far as on the field goal goes, um, I think over time the coaches got comfortable with me. Uh, I really made it adamant in practice to not drop footballs when they threw me the ball. I wanted to be known as a consistent player. Obviously, I wanted to be known as a consistent player with hanging on to the football. So if I ever did get a chance, you know, I mean, that wasn't an issue in their head. Um and build confidence with the team. You know what I mean? It's always great when nobody ever drops the ball when you throw it to them. I mean, it builds your confidence with your quarterback tremendously. But that kind of stuff, uh, taking that on my own prowess and, and really working on my game individually um, by myself. But then as far as just going out there and busting heads, um, when I got my shot kind of that second year, we had Jason Gwaltney. Um, and he kind of started getting phased out and I just started, I, you know, I caught a couple good plays and, uh, then I think coaches got confidence in my abilities and they just kind of grew and grew and grew. And then that's kind of how it evolved. I think what's great about coach Rod was he, he wasn't like an old school coach that I got to see in the NFL who was like, this is our offense word this is what we're doing. Grumble, grumble, grumble. You know, he was like, okay, here's the guys I got. This is what they're good at. Um, we're going to make this playbook super simple. So instead of thinking, we're going to react because anyone who's been around the game or knows anything about it, even reaction times knows thought process gets in the way of movement. So if we can make this stuff so simple and practice this stuff, over and over and over again and make reactions out of these players will be a, a quicker team just based on uh, reaction times alone. So I, I think super innovative with his coaching, made the game simple and wasn't afraid to change how the offense was ran based off of the talent he had because he knew he played to the talent versus the style of offense. Yeah, you're absolutely correct because go back and look what he did at Glenville State. Uh, he had the nation's all-time leading receiver on his team, 
and and Chris George, and then he comes back here. Clemson and, he and goes, Tulane also. Clemson, Woody, Woody Dantzler, Dantzler, Clemson, Sean King, he Sean threw King. the ball. Exactly, and then comes here and plays power spread. Let's get into your ferocity of the way that you played the game. Were you always extremely physical from an early age? In other words, like when you were in first grade, second grade, third grade, and you guys are playing, were you always a guy that would maybe go a little bit over the top, mow somebody down, or was that something that happened as you grew older? Um, I was always bigger, um, so I always – kind of had a thing but i guess i don't really i wasn't as physical until i really started playing football and understanding like you had to put effort in um to get the real result you wanted and then plus watching the players that i really like to watch uh you know all eddie george uh like larry zonka type guys john riggin type guys guys who just ran super hard um, Bo Jackson, you know what I mean? Um, guys that ran hard were physical Eric Dickerson types, uh, almost looked like linebackers running the football that were very physical. Um, my grandfather was a coach for 36 years. He always coached toughness, um, and being physical, um, and just kind of, you know, I've been around football really my whole life starting as a water boy uh the earliest i guess job in my career as a as someone that was around football and just seeing that you know the physical guys were usually the victors um the guy who wanted to really be that guy um would wear people out over time because they just you know people's mental capacities for getting hit in the face over and over and over again, get, it, they just get old where in my mind, I'm lucky that it just kind of fuels the fire for me and makes me want to go even harder. Yeah. Makes complete. I never knew that about your grandfather. I had no idea that it was such a football family. Oh man, it was huge. Probably where I got learned how to really watch film. Um, because every Friday night we lived right across the street from the, from the football field. He, all the coaches would come over there on Fridays and my grandmother worked for tombstone pizza at a time and she'd cook pizzas and they'd drink beer and, and grade film. And, and, um, that's kind of really where I started to learn how to watch film. You know what I mean? Not just watching the ball, but actually watching how plays broke down, um, responsibilities of other positions why it's important to know what guy your line's blocking or what what you know uh technique defensive linemen are are lining up in so i you know not really knowing it at the time but just through visual stimulation over the years i think it just kind of was embedded into uh my thought process that is a whole curtain that you just pulled back on there. That explains a bunch of things about you because I've always felt that from an X's and O perspective, you were always ahead of the game when you explain things and when you talk about sets and things like that. So there you go. So you got that fed into you whether you knew it or not, and that lifted your level of understanding, which ultimately when you made the transfer here, you read the, you read the room well, you knew how the business worked, and that helped you. Interesting. Interesting stuff. 
do you, when you wake up in the morning, do you hurt at all? Um, I'll be, there's days when I'm more stiff than, um, kid down. Uh, so I've been doing more of the drills with them and kind of gotten my legs back a little bit and my footwork back. And I feel a lot better now just getting a little bit active. Um, we're doing a lot of hill runs, so just kind of get my legs back, the strength back in them and, and just the quick twitch movements. Yeah. Um, but I felt a lot better now that I've kind of gotten into it a little bit more, but what I learned a long time ago from, uh, even my grandfather, Bruce Johnson, who used to play for fullback for Dallas, you know, he said when he quit, he didn't do nothing for so long and he started to hurt again. Guys like us and like what my grandfather's told me my whole life, you got to stay active. Uh, if you don't, you'll just, your body will deteriorate and you'll end up losing your quality of life. He's eight. He just turned 80. He sent me a picture the other day of him in the back of a truck with, you know, tree stumps, still splitting wood. You know, that's how they heat their house. Still doing the garden thing, still trapping, still fishing, still hunting. Um, and really, uh, you know, that's his life. And he says, yeah. if you're going to, if you're going to live it, be about it. Oh, that's awesome! How about our standard, our standard question here to guys, the former players? What's a, what's the flexibility situation? We got any yoga? We got any stretching going on? Well, like I said, I've been training this this young buck down here, so I know from from my playing days, man, foam roller, and and do like a little dynamic warm up, yeah. and then a good stretch. You got to man, otherwise you got to stay limber. Otherwise, it's just like it's like guitar strings, man. Plink, plink, plink. <laughs> Tell me about your son. Tell me about your son. Waylon's he's doing great. Um, born uh, uh, 15. He's Valentine's baby. Uh, he was actually born with a ball obstruction, so he was in the NICU for four months oh, wow. battling that. Went through a couple surgeries, but now he's a horse. Uh, he's running around, growing. He's thick. He's a thick little guy, man. So how old is he? How old is he right now? He's he's a little over a year and a half. Oh yeah, uh, on the fourteenth. He's just his legs are so. He just looks like a sot. Like, like you know how a baby looks like a baby. He looks like a toddler (laughs) at a year and a half. Wonder how. Wonder how that happened. Wonder where that came from. Just got Hmm. real big, thick legs and and meaty little hands. Yeah. Hmm. Wonder uh, wonder who the dad is. Meaty little hands. (laughs) Oh, it just gave us. Hey, so like the deal is now. I bet you. Like, let me give you an idea. So when you guys go give him a bath now, Sesson's hot. You know, he kind of gets a little warm during the day. Like you have to get inside of the creases of his creases, and then when and then he's he rolls out like a Michelin like a Michelin man, right? And there's just like just got a. He's all over. He's just a bunch of creases and fat, right? Well, no, he's not. Much, he's not really a Sharpe. You know what I mean? <laughs> you don't have all the rolls. <laughs> he does. He's a, okay. He just thick. He's more like a little little bulldog pup, man. Like yeah. you know what I mean? You should have seen the pups. Yeah. Um. He's just real solid. Doesn't really have a ton of fat on him. I mean, you can see his abs when he stretches out. I'm gonna send you a picture of him. Yeah. When we get off of this, of him chugging. A gallon of milk. 
he's got this thing fully tipped up, man. And I posted it the other week, and I was like, everybody's comments were like, hmm, must be hereditary. <laughs> I would have to, yeah, I would have, I would have to think so. What was your single favorite moment in a game at WVU? Well, this will be good. There's a million of these. Oh, man. There's a couple. I, I'd say just the, the couple off the top of the head were definitely the run in the Fiesta Bowl. Yeah. That was just a huge milestone for me, not getting caught from behind. Um, I definitely loved the overtime game for Louisville. Oh, that yeah. just was – I had some good runs at the end of the game there. It was fired up. It was like uh, – that was something special, man. And now looking back on it and getting to watch the rerun – just what an awesome time. Um, I'd say that. I'd say, I'd say, oh, man, finally, finally getting the confidence in myself to start jumping a little bit, open up my playbook a little bit as far as running back. Oh, yeah. Um, hurdler. You were a hurdler. Yeah, some great stuff. Um, in Maryland, kind of getting some big runs in. Uh, obviously the sugar bowl is a good one. I love some of the good blocks I had for Steve, uh, and Pat kind of on some of those ISO blocks we had where I could get some pancake action. I loved, uh, literally taking a man's soul and just running them over. <laughs> Did you hold on real quick? An interesting stat here, which I think we, everybody that watched knows, but I don't know if you've strung it together. At least I didn't. Did you realize Owen, your three longest runs in your career all happened in bowl games. So Oklahoma 57-yarder, Georgia Tech and the Gator Bowl 52-yarder, Georgia 54. Three longest careers in three big bowl games. Prime time. Yeah. Red light comes on, he goes. Prime time. Well, yeah, you know, you know, big players make big plays in big games, right? <laughs> That's right, baby. That's right. That's right. <laughs> hey, um, I'm going to ask I'm going to ask you to put your coaching hat on here. Yes, sir. 07 West Virginia Pitt game. I know, I know, I know, I know. If you tell me, man, I thought we were going to talk about this, man. Yeah, if you ha if you so you were there, you saw what Pitt was doing defensively. Yeah. Where 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 would you need to do? Where where should you guys have gone? What was going on inside? Well, uh, I think we should have we should have aired it out a little bit. They're they're definitely playing the box heavy, playing man. Um. I would have liked to see us air the ball out. I didn't really play that many plays in that game. I want to say like a handful, maybe 10 or 12 plays. Um, well, that could have been a problem. Yeah, and I don't think Steve played a bunch either. And I know Pat ended up getting hurt. I think we just kind of – we it was like we were just playing to not lose. Yeah. Um, I don't think the game was called as good as it should have been. Um, but then again, I wasn't paid to make those decisions, you know, you had, um, you had two carries, Steve had nine carries. You didn't catch a pass. So 11 yeah. carries between the two of you. So, I mean that right there, you can kind of see wasn't really our game plan for the entire last three seasons. So I think we just, like I said, man, I, could play the scenario in my head a million times and it is really disheartening because just trying to really get the guys to understand about being immortal uh you know like the 
statues in, in Greece and stuff like that. When you're the first one to do something, uh, it never goes away. So it's just, it's unfortunate because we really did have a great chance to have a good game, but you know, we blew it and, uh, we ultimately have to live with that, um, the rest of our lives. Um, but you know, still great times, but sometimes like I say, you know, you only get so many, uh, opportunities in your life to do something great. That would have been one of them. Unfortunately, we just didn't, uh, didn't make it happen did you guys have those actual conversations that stuff you just said there in the last 30 seconds did you did you in the locker room or even within small groups have those exact discussions during that week yeah i mean we would all talk about stuff like that i mean the big thing is just opportunities are so limited in life you know and i feel like when people say oh man i didn't get this chance that chance they happen every day to you it's your decision whether you make them happen or not. A lot of people say, you know, they just don't get the chances. But the thing is, is you have to go make it happen. Things don't just happen. You go make them happen. Um, if you want something done, go do it. If you need your lawn raked or mowed, it ain't going to do it itself. You got to go pick the rake up, or pick the mower up or, or call somebody up and pay him to do it or whatever. That's how things get done. So unfortunately we didn't really stick to what I thought our yearly game plan was. Um, it's unfortunate because we really did miss out on an opportunity there. Um, and the way our program was going, Oh my gosh. I mean, you talk about really putting a cherry on top for a program and then being able to just build off of that. Um, the first one's always the hardest one, you know, so it is what it is, but, you know, I, and I hate saying that cause it sounds like such a cop out, but hopefully, uh, hopefully coach Brown can get some, some luck here and, uh, you know, mark that one off the list for us. Mm -hmm. Spoken all those, uh, thoughts there spoken like a guy from Gilman, Wisconsin, when you say so. I mean, kind of like old school, you want it done, you get it done. That's that's exactly yeah. what you do. What was When you were sitting in the team room on that Sunday when Rich announced that he was leaving to go to Michigan, what was your reaction? Uh, I don't know. Just kind of understanding where coaching was evolving at that time. I understand he was – you know, doing it for, to better his career, his family. Um, I just remember Keelan Dykes. He was the only one that stood up, man. And he just said, F you coach Rod. And it was like, you know what I mean? It was just crickets after that. It was just like somebody who just fed you so much and you just believed that, you know, I mean, not saying that he was discredited by doing that, but, there was so much other stuff that was going on in the backdrop that both parties probably today could sit back and could have made the situation different. Um, but you know, college football was evolving into a business. Uh, coaching was a business, mm -hmm. uh, and coaches were getting paid big money and he 
took our program to where it needed to be. Um, and you know, it's all about fancy. You go to any program now, you go to any top five, top 10 program, they got the best of the best. If you want to be in that realm and recruit these players, that's what you need. And uh, I think that's what he saw. I think that's just where there was a disconnect when it came to um, the athletic department and football program. Yeah. Yeah. In a matter of several weeks, you go on, you play the Oklahoma game. We talked about that a little bit, uh, the big run. Um, One thing that always stands with me is Stu absolutely loved you. (laughs) Stu Stu loved you, man. (laughs) He always would give us. 5, 10, and 35. 5, 10, and, five, 10, and 35. Is that all it is? He's not real hard. 5, 10, and 35. You were his guy, man. He was a great coach, and uh, I'm so glad that Blaine's doing great now because he's definitely a uh, chip off the old block. You know what I mean? Yeah. Was You played in the NFL um, from 2008 through 2012. When you look back at that time, do you ever look back at it as fun or was it just business work? Um, hey, it was fun. It was I was living a dream. Good. You know what I mean? I had a poster in my room in Gilman with, you know, Favre on it, with Marino on it, uh, guys like that, and I was doing it. Mm-hmm. And I grew up in a town of nothing and now I'm living a dream. So it was always fun. It did not get fun at times because it was very business oriented. And I wasn't a guy who really stood up for himself. Like I wasn't going to go into the coach's office and be like, dude, I need, I need carries. I need passes. Cause ultimately that's what they'd speak about. It's a what have you done for me lately league, you know what I mean? And if you're not really in the game plan, it's hard to show production, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so there's things I wish I would have, you know, maybe promoted myself a little bit better, but, man, I had a great career. I, I played five years. Um, it was a weird time when the fullback was kind of going out of style. Um Am I making excuses for myself? No. Um, It just is what it is. And, you know, it's hard because a team drafts you because they want you. They love you. They fell in love with you. And then, you know, if you look at my career in Seattle, Coach Holmgren, he retires after that first year. So then we get Jim Mora. Got to prove yourself again, which you got to prove every year, but it's just a little bit harder, you know what I mean, when you get a new staff. Then he gets let go and Pete Carroll comes in, you know what I mean? Have to do the whole thing again. And then you go to, you know, I end up getting released and going to Philly. Andy Reed loved me. Same lineage as Mike Holmgren coached under uh, same coaching tree in green Bay, same uh, offense basically from Bill Walsh. Um, so understood that, but then played there two years, they kind of go under a, a different type of deal there. They're going to a two tight end set. So kind of slightly get phased out uh, and then end up going down back to Oakland because those guys who were in Seattle when I got drafted there were back down there. So it's really a, 
slightly a fraternity. It's who, you know, you know what right. I mean? Um, and, and right in timing shit or, or shoot. Sorry. When I got to, uh, to Philly, um, I was like, man, my career is about to blow up. Like, this is the best place I could be. Uh, I was an alternate for the pro bowl that first year I was there. I was like, man, my career is really going to take off here. I was part of the offense. Um, I got catches. I got a few carries. I, I scored a touchdown or two. I think I can't remember, but, uh, you know, it's really timing and staying healthy, taking care of your body and, you know, and, and the competition's so close. Um, preparation is huge. Um, and being professional as far as taking care of your body and everything is, is all part of it as well. You miss it? Oh man, I always miss football. It's kind of who I was, you know I mean? Who I am really. Um, it's just got to get it out some other way now. 35 years old. Grandfather is a coach for over 30 years. I'm looking. I mean, you love you the game. Like you yeah, sound, like, sound, like sound like a coach. You sound I like, know. I know. I know. You haven't done that. You haven't done that at all. You've done a bunch of stuff. You did Schmidt Saloon. You're playing with the Davison brothers. You got that whole thing. I mean, you're, you're diversified in all the things that you can do. Why haven't you said, I'm going to coach? Well, I think it was just more of getting in a financial place where I know I'm going to dive into it when I get into it. And uh, just kind of getting to a spot where, you know, I have my son now getting him a little bit older and then starting to kind of roll into it. I've been – it's definitely coming in the future. It's just – you know, I like to take my time, I guess, be mm-hmm. a little bit prepared. I get it. I get it. I'm glad, right. glad to hear that. Speaking of coaches, we haven't jumped around with Owen as much as I thought we would. I'm going I'm to jump around on one because Rich this past year when he was at Ole Miss, he had some monumental, awesome from the outside looking in, <laughs> mental breakdowns in the press box going crazy, right? He was all locked in there. He wasn't on the sideline. He was losing his mind. The most – the most mad you ever saw Rich was when and directed at which player? That's a great question. Thank you for that. That was a really good question. <laughs> oh, man. Most mad and which player received the heat? Ooh. Now you're talking about it every other, uh, third day occurrence. I know, yeah, but you got to like, rank them. Because, even... again, those press box ones, I mean, I, back in the day, you didn't, you didn't get locked in. He had some good ones. He had some good ones here. They weren't like the old Miss ones, and partly because of his situation. He was right. locked in there, right? People on each side. Yeah, but he like couldn't we, get up and pace. During he, practice, he'd, he'd throw, throw his hat, yeah. and then he'd do that high step like he's like on a pogo stick. Right, like real fat, like real you can fast, see him going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on, Owen, give me something. It had to be a quarterback I, that took the biggest biggest heat, right? I Honestly, I don't know if I can even remember. Oh, come on. For real? I mean, I remember him blowing up on people. Just another day at the office? Is that what you're saying? Um, I no, we're not going to lose it now, are we? I hope not. Hold on. Stay there. Stay right where you are. Don't move. Hold your, hold your leg up in the air. Just don't lose a signal here. Go ahead. Did we lose him? We lost him. Can you believe that? Come on back. My fingers are crossed. I, whoop, I can hear, we can hear that. Wait, wait, wait. He's coming. 
it's it's I can hear it like like fingernails like trying to climb the top of the mountain. He's just getting I've been waiting for an hour to ask that question. Hey Owen, if you can still hear us, go back to wherever you were and like move backward wherever you were. He's That's he's, not gonna end it. No, we're flatlining. Huh? That, that. <laughs> we're flatlining. Oh, it's like coming. Come on. Just give us like. No, just hang. Go. Um, okay. oh, 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 there he is. There he is. Don't move. Don't move. You there now? Crap. This is not going to. This is not going to end well. So basically, like you and I are like pilot and co-pilot. And we just lost one engine. Yeah. And then we lost the second one. I think one. we're going to have to take it down. The second one. Now we're just going to just try and land glide it. mode. Yeah. Put yeah. it down. All right, Owen. Well, heck, we had a run, didn't we? I thought that was trying times. We got 52 minutes out of them. That was a good run. I mean, that was a good run. <laughs> it was a good run. That was a good run. Yeah. I wanted to hear the answer to the rich question. There he is. Hey, Owen, you're back. Oh, I thought I was back. Nah. Nah, I think we're done. Not happening. Oh, wait a second. There he is. Owen, talk to me. There he is. That's so close. There he is. I can hear oh, music. Owen. Oh, oh, oh. Owen. Uh, Owen. You there? Oh, this is the height. There? Hey. Oh, oh. There he is. I got you, man. What's up? All right. We made it. <laughs> Filibustered through. We made it. That's what. That's one of the all-time great comes back. That's comeback. a good save. Okay, so where we left you was, you said you didn't have any one specific time where he lost his mind that you remember. Okay, fine. All right, can I ask one more? Go ahead. You mentioned earlier, Tony, you said, Stu always said 5'10", 35, 5'10", 35. Do you have a poster? You grew up Brett Favre poster in the room. Do you have a poster of the SI cover, the 5'10", and 35, you three on the SI cover, an iconic image in Mountaineer sports history? Do you have that anywhere? Because it should be on the side of a UPS truck, quite frankly, but do you have one? I have a, I have a poster of us. Awesome. Uh, it's, it's actually, uh, it's like a big, uh, foam board they cut out for us. Oh yeah. So that's uh, the original one that they, it's sports communications gave that to you. So you haven't had that blown up even bigger since then. Cause that might be a wall in my house. Well, I know it might be a wall in my house though. If it was me, you know what? I've got one in my office. Owen, not the scent, not sports illustrated. I've got you three pat under center then Stevie, or then you, and then Stevie. I've got five, I've got five, thirty-five, and ten is what I've got. Great picture. I don't know if you've ever seen that one. Joe McNamara was the photographer out of uh, Bridgeport, Clarksburg. That's a great look. So you're in my office every day. I hold you close to my heart. Yeah. Are we making deliveries right now for UPS? Is that I what hope that would like? add to the story. Yeah. Man, I'm telling you right now, I just had to pee so bad. I was sitting <laughs> in this parking lot. Perfect. And I had to go. Man. Wait a second. Sorry. Perfect. Because when you have Owen, you're getting on filter. That was wait, perfect. Wait That's exactly sec. the way this episode should second. go. That's perfect. That's a yep. podcast first. 219 episodes in. We finally had someone pee on us during the show. About right. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That gives a whole new definition to where this show's going. <laughs> Hopefully, talk on quick. <laughs> so, well, as far as, listen, the rich, the, the rich thing, <laughs> it would really be hard for me to remember a specific time because like he would he would just kind of you know the blow-ups were blow-ups but i remember one time in practice i was i was injured i think i had like an ac sprain or something and i was wearing a green jersey oh boy didn't like and those. i don't and i don't know who it was that came up and hit me 
it might have been Boo or somebody. Yeah, yeah probably that's would be. been to happen yeah. before. Yeah, and like he hit me, and Coach Rod came fifteen yards screaming, was like, you know, just <laughs> flipping out, man, whistle flying, just yeah. screaming, and was like, you know, don't hit nobody in green jerseys, whatever. That was the obvious, you know, yeah, deal. But uh, that was probably one of them. I remember Stu ripping my butt for literally being having my toe on the white line uh, when we were just watching like inside run. And it was like they were super disciplined about stuff. But he looked at me like he was about to tear my head off. Yeah. And I was just like, man, they do not mess around with the rules. The rules <laughs> are the rules. <laughs> yeah. Those are good days. So, well, oh, they were great days. Yeah. So do you come up to Morgantown much at all now that you're a Raleigh County resident? I mean, you, do you, you know how to get here anymore or what? Oh, geez. I uh, actually was just up there this weekend kind of finishing things up on my house. Unfortunately, I got to sell my place. Okay. Um, which is sad uh because i feel like i'm you know leaving officially um but i'll be back and the great thing about it is still got some great buddies that live in town that i played with uh so come up there to see them during the games uh and hoping to get in uh, a little bit closer with the with the program now with coach brown there and and try to stay involved uh uh, as much as I can, yeah. uh, to, you know, cause it's just, it, you know what I was lacking in the pros was WVU. It was just such a different experience. I feel like my NFL career would have been absolutely phenomenal if I could have found a WVU in the NFL family like atmosphere. You mean? Yeah. Yeah. It just, it just was great, man. It just, it was the way it was supposed to be, you know? Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, listen, dude, uh, we took a ton of your time. We really appreciate it. Thank you to the fine folks at UPS for, for allowing us to talk with you during the work day. Um, I would, uh, I would wear a pair of seven inch, um, in polishable. No shorts. And oh, then, shorts. Oh, yeah. They don't have my shoes. I wear a sixteen and a. You have a sixteen and a polishable leather. You wear a sixteen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Clown clown shoes occasionally. Some say. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, geez. Hey, don't get personal here. Just let it go. And I, mean, I had no control over it. I mean, I had no control. It's a sixteen. Sixteen. Hey, good for you, buddy. Thank. You. <laughs> oh, hey, let me ask you. Let me ask you this. So when was the last time you had a guitar in your hand? Uh, actually just over the weekend, I was picking a little bit. Okay, good. So you still got it. Yeah, I mean, still got it. The strings are dusted off. That's what I got. <laughs> okay. Well, that's good. As long as it gives you fun. That's all. That's all that matters. Oh, for sure. Yeah, that's for all sure. that matters. All right, brother. Be good. Thank you so very, very much. You did a great job. We appreciate it. Hey, take care. Be good. Be good at it. Right. Thanks. Exactly right. Thanks, man. Appreciate See you, buddy. Bye. Later. Bye. Uh, we didn't know what we were going to get with him. But I tell you what, that's a that's a memorable show right there. The fact that he took a pee on us while we were doing the show. Perfect. There had to be something crazy happen when you have Owen. Well, on. you could hear. I mean, you could. We hear were just. It was like, sailing along like too predict too good. I mean, it's very good. But there wasn't anything weird. There had to be weird involved in this podcast. 
at one point I thought I heard like a UPS door opening, like the guy was going to make a delivery. Like that was a urinal. Sure. And he was going into a stall. Oh, he did take care of what he got to take care of. Now he was parked in front of the family dollar. You think he just went straight in there? Probably. Yeah. Probably. Got three cases of water and some hot tamales for four dollars. And a lawn chair. Probably. Yeah, probably did that. You can get that there. An inflatable unicorn for the pool. <laughs> <laughs> a bag of fertilizer. <laughs> Stop, because I was fine. Now we're not gonna be able to get off here. <laughs> Regroup. Regroup. <laughs> I'm the one that goes down, not you. Regroup. Uh, Regroup. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy, you started it with the water and the hot tamales. Oh, man, that was good. I like hot tamales. I understand. We have not gone to our text email in a month. I mean, I... In all seriousness, I'm impressed you still knew how to get into it. It took me a couple checks on the password. But you got it. Yeah. It's probably really built up. We might need to do just a special episode with just <laughs> answering those, right? Owen oh, just texted us. He said, I actually took a pee in the parking lot because the family dollar doesn't have restrooms. <laughs> Even better. Just wrap it up. <laughs> just wrap it up now. You, I, I mean, you can't do emails after that. Yeah, we're doing emails. You, oh. <laughs> I rebound it quickly. It's, um, I think it's been over a month since we checked this. I mean, I'm going to go back to like, for the, whatever reason, uh, I'm just going to go to July, okay? Some of these will make absolutely no sense whatsoever, and some of them will. Okay. Ready to do them? Sure. I mean, because these are fine people that check in. Oh, let's let's kind of just do some stuff here. You guys have been killing it recently. Absolutely great guests and interviews. I truly appreciate your good work. Thank you very much. Um, he he peed in the parking lot. Um, <laughs> hey, three guys. The King Show talking about Brian King led me to rewatching the Music City Bowl. It made me wonder. Do you think had Antonio Brown come around in the modern era, he would have had a longer NFL career and earned more wide receiver opportunities there? What do you think on that, Senator? This would seem to be a better era for him, right? Yeah. Come along now where it's where it's spread, yes. spread the field, get the ball in the hands of quick, fast get players. You say that, and then Tavon's struggling to find a niche. Well, that's offensive coordinator's fault. From a college perspective. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Texter says, hi, guys. I love your show and interviews. I love to hear an interview with Billy Lake. He has a choice of stories, I'm sure, of playing there and being the first recruit for Coach Nealon. Just want to give you that idea. Hopefully, you can work it out. Thanks. Bye-bye. Um, we would like to do that uh, with Billy Lake. If they make Billy available... For interviews, I would like to do that. But to this point, it's been more difficult to get the analysts on. So um, this is going back here. So just listen to the Brian King episode of Three Guys. What a wonderful episode that brought back so many memories of great plays he made for WVU. So sad to hear that his dad has passed away, but you could certainly feel the love for he had for his father. 
What wonderful memories to pass along to his little boys. Thanks for another fantastic and memorable Julie B. in Morgantown. Texter says, what a great talk with Coach Beeline. 10. Class act, great coach. I remember the story about him grabbing the public address mic, telling the crowd not to cuss. Sounds like his assistant, Jeff Neubauer, would have been, had some good stories. All the best. Yeah, man, we have done a bunch of podcasts here, haven't we, Senator? Since, uh, since uh, let's, check, let's check the text. Interesting line. listening to the, the, the feedback on Brian King and then Owen Schmidt. I mean, just another common thread of guys under-recruited that come here and turn into unbelievably productive, great stories. That's the history of this program. It really, it really truly Absolutely. is. Absolutely, that's the foundation point of this program. Texter says, sitting here, sipping some Jack Daniels and listening to three guys before the game. It was again advertised as a dandy. I plan to watch some of those games later tonight. I still want one of those autographed posters. Tell me how I can get one. My Mountaineer man cave as a basketball memorabilia is inadequate. Herb in Charleston. Well, he doesn't stop. Persistent. You know, he's kind of like uh, that movie with Glenn Close and Michael Douglas, Fatal Attraction. Remember? Like I, one do, of these- I do. I'm not sure I would have used that comparison in that case. I mean, you're the one that opened the door and brought it up. Herb's just simply asking you to help him out. <laughs> I love Herb. I'm going to reach out to Herb. Good. Texter says, just got done listening with the show with Coach Beeline. It was an hour and a half long, and I enjoyed every minute of it. Tony and Brad, Scott text in, just listened to the John Beeline show. It was very much like listening to one of your post-game shows when the Mountaineers had a great victory, when you were busting at the seams with pride and joy. That's the way you and Coach Beeline made me feel today. The show made me feel today about one of those, it's a great day to be a Mountaineer wherever you may be days. Thank you, Scott. I'm glad we got to do that. A couple things. One, Coach was really good, right? So that's what makes that is he was he was really good. He was engaged. He would have stayed there with us another hour, I think, if had we asked. He had great stories and great memories. And I'm just glad that opportunity was given to him to come back on and be able to relive those moments. As we talked during that episode, there just wasn't time for him to ever do that. We knew he looked back on his time here fondly overall, and there hadn't been a time to express that. I'm glad that was, and that format lent itself to that where he could just go and talk. And I think if you listen to that episode, you know how much the time here in Morgantown meant to him. Texter Lee in Dallas. Hello. Hi, gentlemen. Hello. As always, I enjoy your show. Can you please explain to me what's the purpose of the NCAA's upper management? If various conferences can make individual decisions on their football schedules. Why isn't there one voice coming from the NCAA hierarchy? Senator, I mean, you were relatively uh, close in that world. Why, why don't they uh, have a say in football? Too much money? Yeah, and that's a, I mean, there's a lot of questions about that right now, right? That's very topical for what's going on. Probably more just on the administrative side. There's so many admin-type duties that go into that. Long Bob in Pennsylvania. You remember him? Sure. Tony, uh, Long Bob, Pennsylvania. Coburn. All I can say is dead, chill, son. That had to be my kid. That happened to be my kid and my password for about a decade. Chill, son. (laughs) Avon was the best home daycare. Tony, again, Long Bob from Pennsylvania. Uh, Change I would make 
texter says, is to prohibit all political activities in sports. Yeah, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Here's something dangerous. I'm just going to play voicemail without knowing what it says. You all right with that, Senator? Mm -hmm, Sure. Yeah, just play voicemail with... Let it fly. Just... Whatever it is. I mean, I think we've gone some different directions on this show that I we mean, normally don't go anyway. I just so. use the uh, parking lot there as a restroom. So whatever. I mean, what's a voicemail that we haven't listened to matter? Play it. Hey, guys. David from Bridgeport. Just wanted to say really enjoyed three guys before the game, uh, Coach Dunlap. I mean, growing up, um, you know, being like 54, I hate to say it, being like 54, those guys were legends like Neil and Staff, Holiday, Dunlap, and then they get that insight. Uh, to quote Brad, well done, well played, and enjoyed it very much. Such a blessing and refreshing to hear. Have a good one. Bye-bye. There you go. So he he enjoyed it. That's good to hear, right? Happy to have him hear from them. Uh, what else do we have here? Texter says, wow, guys, Mike Logan thoroughly enjoyed it. Ten, you guys keep getting better. Loved his recruiting story in the Miami game premonition. What a well-spoken, high-integrity man. Yeah, we had a good one there with uh, with Mike. His story I still ranks as number one. Pitt didn't recruit him, wanted to go to Pitt, didn't recruit him, asked who the biggest rival was, said I'm going there. That, that That's on peril. I'm going to go there and kick their yeah. butt. That, that was tremendous. Owens is right up there in terms of Obstacles. Can you believe that? What? He did what? Yeah. Drops his tape off. They said, okay, thanks. He walks out and he ends up being as productive as he was in a four-year pro. Yeah. Drops his tape off, tape off at the push car center. And then later in life, pees in the family dollar parking lot. Awesome. Unparalleled. No one's ever done that before. Awesome. This uh, texter responds to the decision that came out last week that the NCAA is going to allow you to put whatever you want on the back of your jersey Mm-hmm. based upon school approval and conference approval. Uh, this person's got a pretty good idea here. How about this one, man? I think each team member should wear the name of a sick child from the WVU hospital. Great idea. How about that? Great idea. How neat would that be? Mm-hmm. I like that. Oh, that would be strong. That'd be really strong. Um, last texter says, I would enjoy an hour of Barry Trammell stories. He'd be good. He'd be strong. Oh, man. He'd have a couple. He's got great stories. Just his, never mind college, just battling Russell Westbrook. Some of that stuff made some national news, right? Big national news. I just like the way Barry talks. You know, he just kind of talks like this. And, you know, I don't know. One of these days, Bob Bowles being the rest of these fellas are going to figure this thing out. So, yeah, I'd love to have him on. Pretty good imitation. I'd love to have him on. Have him sit there and we just go. Yeah, I think he needs to be live. He does great stuff. Like besides writing sports, he always writes travel blogs. Yeah, and so he writes these. Maybe we we talked to him. We just had him on Sportsline recently. We asked him about that. Next time through, we want to get him in studio. We should just do a double dip there. Have him come a little early, and we we do a podcast episode with him. I'd love to. Just go. Just grind one out. Yeah. Fit it in wherever we have to. Um, I had another idea over the weekend in regard to podcast guest that's a little off the plank. Hopefully that'll come back around and we can, uh, it was a non, it was a non Non WVU. Yeah. But it would still work, I think, but season's getting ready to start. So we also collectively group, since you're centrally involved is as our listeners, we're at that point now where we're transitioning from our 
you know, our, our summer concert series, our summer interview series, where uh, we've been bringing folks in. And I know that y'all, as the numbers show us, are enjoying them, and that's super good. But now we're getting ready to get back to, okay, what's happening? And we'll know, we're recording here Monday, we'll know today exactly what the Big 12 Conference is going to do in regard to schedule. And then conceivably, you could be playing a football game by the end of this month. That's possibly could happen. So we're about ready to get into that transition. Nevertheless, uh, we'll uh, we'll keep up to date and we'll uh, we'll, we'll fiddle around. But we might uh, Kerchival, <clears throat> very difficult to work with, as you probably all know, right? I mean, fair, sure. So we might get him back in the studio if we go through his people and get him to come back on onto the show and, and start opining about football. Do you think we'll ever get to the point where we're talking about like matchups? and like battles for a position it's going to be unlike anything we've ever dealt i with. can't wait to start talking about battles for position and matchups but you've still got and you mentioned it in, in one way there's not much time before that first weekend of august that week zero that you're hearing people can play games august 29th but that also feels like an eternity away given how fast news is coming and the roadblocks and hurdles that still exist have you thought about this that they might practice, knock on wood, and get ready, and no one, media-wise, will ever see them. Well, that's probably likely. Right? Think about that. Yeah, that's probably first time, likely. The first time you see them will be when they come out onto the field to play a game. And I think press conferences will now be Zoom press oh, conferences. Absolutely. You're not going over there live and sitting in the studio. Oh, no, no, no. Or no, sitting no. in the absolutely team Absolutely not. Virtual. Everything's going to be yeah, done different. virtually. So think about that. I mean, again, in the course of 26 days, we could have practice, prep, they walk out on the field, they play a game in front of a who knows how many people. Just bizarro. Bizarro. And that's why I think over the next three weeks, there's there's a lot of news to still shake out here. Yeah. Are you playing or are you not playing? When are you playing your first game? Who are you playing? How many games are you playing? As we talked about on Friday, I, I just I think the likelihood that you're going to have fans in the, the stadium, that there's a lot of hurdles just on that subset of this whole discussion. There's a lot still to be determined. One last thing, and if you're still with us, bless your heart, because we bounced around a little bit. I mean, you had the chance. You're probably driving. Like If you're driving to California, you're probably still listening because you're just going, I can't listen to something. Anyway, if you haven't yet watched the NBA – in its return with the camera options that they're providing. It blows my mind. Have you have you spent any time on the rail camera? Meaning taking different views? You no, I'm different. just the TV broadcast. Okay. Which they show you the rail camera view, but not exclusively. They mix it in. You have options to off of the ESPN app. This is where I was watching it last night. You can watch above the above the basket, which has been out there before. They do some of that on mm -hmm. ESPN three, and it's just above the basket. There's no announcers, but it's the crowd, or the the natural sound of what's going on in the arena, or the rail camera. You got to watch the rail camera. You've got to watch the rail camera. Now, Why? Well, why do you like it? Because see here, from my viewing, I'm so entrenched in tip. I like all. I want to mix in it. Different camera angle, but don't screw with my regular view. Okay. Understood. Get it. Watch the rail camera. 
Rail camera is if you were sitting in the Gucci seats. Mm -hmm. Floor level. Floor level, Gucci seats, and you see a game that you didn't know existed. Now, you'll get that because Mm -hmm. you've been close enough to the floor in the past. It's one thing to watch college basketball at floor level. Watch NBA basketball at floor level. The speed and the contact of going through screens and the skill level is is unbelievable. And the way that that thing is lit and the way that looks, you don't know if it's NBA 2K or if it's actually a game that's going on right now. I'll say this. They've done a tremendous job with the viewing experience. Yep. I'm not for one second looking at that going, well, this is hard to watch. I, I think they've done a fantastic job from how the arena looks to the graphics to moving it around. I did have somebody text me and say that camera angle showed them the size. Couldn't get over the size of guys. Because again, I, I think that's the thing you lose in basketball. You lose the perspective on how massive dudes are when you watch on TV. You know, you forget, you can hear that a guy 6'9", 6'10", when, when the 6'9 guy walks in the room and you're standing there, it's like, whoa. then LeBron comes in or Giannis comes in that Giannis, are that long. Giannis bringing the ball up the floor. Right, he's like a deer. He took deer. like three dribbles to get from the top of one key to a layup and didn't travel. You know what else it'll help you do? Watch the real camera and then do this little exercise. All of these kids that you've watched play in college, whether they be WV players or teams that West Virginia has played against, and you've got a good firsthand look at them, where you go to yourself, that guy's going to go to the NBA. That guy's going to play in the NBA. Huh? Watch the rail camera for a little bit and then do the same. Can that guy play in the NBA? And you'll go like, eh, probably not. It's a different deal. Mm-hmm. Completely different deal. So anyway, there's my suggestion of the day. Go rail camera. Go rail camera. I just got to get it off my phone now. I want to put it on my big screen. I want to see it like that size because then it'll blow me out because I'm sitting here going like this, watching it, and I'm going like this is too good to be true. I want to see it on a big TV. Well, you got a lot of game options. It's like the NCAA tournament. Yeah. Tipping off all afternoon till midnight. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree. Uh, my boy uh, my boy Mike Breen, they did, they did two games yesterday. I love it. They're there, right? They're just going like, yeah, just keep same crew. Putting the next game on. It's From like working the co- working the West Virginia High School well, State it's Tournament. It's like the NCAA tournament, yeah. right? Where you have to do back to back games. Get in yeah. there and play. From a content standpoint, it's been fantastic. All right, folks, you heard it. A very first here on Three Guys Before the Game. Our guest uh, relieved himself during the show. Had a little bit. What forty five seconds? We did keep him a long time. Yeah, I mean forty. Yeah, Self control. I mean. He's not, he's not a 70-year-old man. He also thought we were done. I mean, we we filibustered there for a long time to get He was back. answering a question when he pulled out on us. <laughs> a couple things we learned. Uh, Schmidt, one of the greatest stories of all time, and they do not have public restrooms at Family Dollar and Beckley. Three guys before the game brought to you by Burdett Camping Center, the only RV warranty forever provider in the state of West Virginia. Serving Mountaineer fans from... Weirton Welch, Martinsburg to Matewan and all points in between for more than 40 years. Burdett Camping Center, if you're an RV person, want to be an RV person, Burdett Camping Center in Winfield for over 40 years. They've been putting people in RVs, taking care of RVs, parts, service, and sales. Check them out. They're wonderful people, and they love when you come in there and say you're a three-guys listener. They do special things to you. Check them out. 
BurdetteCamping.com. That's BurdetteCamping.com, located in Winfield. We're out. See you again next week. Three guys before the game. Our producer, our engineer, our director, Daniel Woods. Thank you. We're out. See you.